Hey, it's Rodney with a quick announcement before we get into this week's show. MV Media is giving away codes for Milton Davis's Woman of the Woods, a sword and soul adventure. Catch is, is you have to leave a review on Audible. So if you're interested in checking it out, just shoot an email to info at mvmediaatl.com. That's info at mvmediaatl.com. Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, over there Steve. It is Kung Fu time. And today we are definitely going back to classics of cinema. Talking about the Shaw Brothers classic. So much so that the Wu-Tang named an album after it. 36th Chamber of Shaolin. Uh, I forgot what year this comes from. Definitely, oh, definitely well, 70s, early Fortunately 80s. for you. 1978. 1978. Starring uh, Gordon Liu. I was 10 years old. Thanks for dating yourself. <laughs> I mean, if you've been listening to the show, I've, I've you know that, a number you of know times. Steve, you already know I'm old. You know that Steve was You already like, know I'm an old man. That's right. He played uh, Call of Cthulhu Zero Edition with dinosaurs. <laughs> I hope I do. I I did have. I still do have a copy of the first edition of of that particular game. Though I will admit that it is a replacement copy. I have my original book, but I uh, replaced the box and everything. That's right, the magic of and eBay. Gentlemen. That's right through the magic of eBay. What Steve's trying to say is that he's old as fuck. <laughs> I am. All right. Well, yeah, I remember when Call of Cthulhu had an oratory skill. All right. Well, the real the real news today: thirty six Chamber of Shaolin. Uh, Gordon Liu starts stars as a young man, uh, a, a college student uh, who gets involved in some yes. revolutionary activity. Yes, he gets radicalized by his teacher. Mainly because his teacher just saw one of his best friend, his friends, who is a general in the resistance, were captured uh, by the Manchu, uh, and then yes. hung out in or the public square. The Tartars, as as it says in our translation, the Tartars. Oh, wow. famous for their sauce. <laughs> uh, you find you find I, this, I, I this wa- particular. I was watching. A lot. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I always watch these things in um, Cantonese or Chinese or what, or Mandarin or whatever, and and have the subtitles on. Ah, see, it just defaulted to the dub, so I just said, "Fuck it, I'm not messing with any settings." Let's roll. Uh, man, the, du- the the dubs of these old kung fu movies are so horrible. I guess that's half the fun of watching them. Yeah, that's that's part of the charm. <laughs> um, these in particular, uh, you know the the. Video was recorded with no audio. So all of the audio, whether it's Cantonese or it's the English dub, all of that was added in in post-production. Um, so dub no matter what. Right. So there is like dubbing no matter what. And it contains all the great classic sound effects of whoo, no matter what happens, everything makes a whoo sound. Or a type of thing. And I'd really like to get my hands on some of that old classic, like Shaw Brothers Foley sounds. Just like sure you can find no matter what people are wearing, they can jump. It's only like two files. 
<laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, like the the <laughs> rustling of fabric sound effect for for jumping and and just the 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 anything that's any weapon. You know, there's there's more than two. There's like six. <laughs> you know, any any weapon with a metal edge on it has a certain sound, and any weapon with a that's a Shing! impact weapon has a certain sound. But yes, Gordon Liu's character gets involved in some revolutionary activity. He's radicalized by his teacher uh, and then gets his ass caught. Uh, he gets caught. Yes, because they get, they just get way too brazen. It's their first mission and they think they're like hot shit. <laughs> right. Like, you know, my, my dad's the only seafood seller in town. Let's pass secret messages through fish. Nobody will figure that out except for the. I love the prop that they had with the dried fish with the tube sticking, the message tube sticking out of its mouth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or the abalone, which really wasn't an abalone, with the, yes. the with the more special, the gigantic O written on it. It's like, oh, I wonder if this one's special. Do not eat secret message. But. Yeah, I mean, the, the revolution is not exactly the smartest thing. And you, you find this a lot to particular types of movies. It's always a, a brilliant young band of freedom fighters is fighting against this tyrannical government. You know, it's, uh, it's Maoism. I'm, I'm used to it being the Japanese that they're fighting against. Ah, uh, you're thinking of, like, Fist of Fury or Chinese Connection. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee movies. Yeah. Most of the time, though, the, the particular genre, that martial romance type of genre, whether it's, you know, Legend of Condor Heroes, 36 Chamber, it's always uh, the the patriotic, the patriots are against the, the tyranny of these invading parties. Uh, and it's just right. over so and over and over I, 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 Right. So the, Tartar, the Tartars were, um, were basically the Mongols and... Uh, the, the Manchu or the Manchurians, and I, I get, I get the sense that it kind of like all boils down to the same thing. Well, and 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 the patriots are the Ming people loyal to the Ming, Empire. right? And you know, and it's just, and it, it happens periodically. It depends on who's making the movie and in what perspective they're doing it from. But it's usually the the brave Ming and their society of martial artists versus the uh, the old. Uh, Mongol Genghis Khan, Temujin. Well, these guys uh, didn't know any martial arts. That was their problem. Yep. They, the they general no populace idea. was ignorant. They were ignorant of martial arts. Mm -hmm. So the uh, the Tartars or the the um, the Manchu, whatever whatever they were, depending on what you watch, um, they had martial arts, which is why they were able to kick all sorts of ass. In the first half of this movie, mm -hmm. they they were trained. The people were not trained to defend themselves. Um, there was a ex brief exchange. It was like, why are we learning ethics when we need to be learning martial arts? We need to learn how to fight. And Gordon Liu's character was, you know, ethics are necessary. You know, you have to know that what right. you're, whatever you're fighting for is right. Type of type of situation. Uh, he ends up going on the run uh, with a friend of his. The friend of his sacrifices himself. Uh, gets captured so that Gordon Liu's character can get away. He's injured in the escape and makes his way to the legendary Shaolin Temple. 
who up to this point the source of kung fu yes uh in tradition uh but uh they refuse to share their kung fu with the people because the people would abuse it yes uh, that kung fu is a a holy thing it was invented by the founder of zen buddhism damo chinese uh whether or not any of that is true probably not but it's it's a great look at kind of that mythological stature that Shaolin has. Right. And, well, and it also uh, sets up, you know, politically, um, the, the, the selfishness, I guess, of the religion of, of religious people uh, yeah. who aren't doing their part to uh, protect the people. Right. Well, the Shaolin, um, are are secluded. They they do not leave their temple with the exception of, of the few that go down to the village to collect vegetables and stuff by the cartload. Right. Um, yes. Lou's character is uh, healed. He's allowed to recover and allowed to join the, the Shaolin and become a monk. Uh, he's there for about a year or so, just sweeping floors and sweeping the floors. Yep, and, and doing <laughs> stuff like that. And he asks his master you know i thought shaolin was a place of kung fu i want to learn kung fu <laughs> all you have to do is ask. To kick an ass start yeah <laughs> i'm tired of sweeping floors i want to learn um, how to there is one ass. monk there is one monk uh he's called in the in the uh sub he's called brother justice i don't know what he was called in the dub uh he was given a chinese forgotten what ah. but so uh brother yeah was was again because even though after a year of um, of living with the monks and being a monk and enjoying the indoctrination of the monks, he wasn't Buddhist enough to learn Kung Fu. Right. So Shaolin allegedly has 35 different chambers where you learn different aspects of martial arts. And Liu, in typical fashion, uh, decides that he wants to start at the top. And go directly to the 35th chamber and learn Kung Fu. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? Right. But what he when he gets there, what he's what he's what he sees is he sees religion. Like the 35th chamber is like the ultimate spiritual discipline of Shaolin. Yes. And uh yeah, he fails miserably. And so begins this character some of the most brutal an intense kung fu training <laughs> ever. I, I thought that Drunken Master had the most brutal kung fu training I've ever seen. That was until I've seen this movie. This movie actually tops Drunken Master because the the the, the training montage in Drunken Master was shorter, <laughs> and it, there wasn't thirty five of. Them. Things he had to go through. Yeah, he had to do upside down sit ups with teacups and all that crap. But this guy, and some he, of the shit he they goes went down, through, he goes is, down a chamber. It's horrible, right? He goes down a chamber to the through the dining area. Um, so I think I guess it's the thirty fourth. And to get to the dining room, you have to cross over these bound poles of wood floating in water, and if you fall in. You can't go into the dining room until you're dry again. Right. Only no um, impurities allowed in the dining room. Right. So you have to learn to to be able to step lightly. So I guess being wet is an impurity, I guess. Well, it was kind of dirty. That's true. All the monks jumping over it. 
Yeah. Hopping over it. So, yeah. I mean, I mean that is the least of his worries, mm-hmm. is learning how to do that so he can eat. And because he's pretty clever and he figures it out. Yeah, you know, they show a little him practicing, he yeah. figures it out. And 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 that's kind of how the training montage goes, is he he's faced with an obstacle. Uh they show him like failing miserably. Right. <laughs> like really miserably. And then uh they show him like gritting his teeth and you know, pulling his pants up and working, and then he does it. Right. Um, every chamber. So I understand it's a montage and you, and you need to like get that point across is it's not easy stuff, but he is exceptional and he can, and he can get through these ordeals quicker than any other pupil. Right. Right. Um, the, the whole, and each, each chamber deals with something specific, like the dining hall is, you know, balance and how to distribute your weight. He gets to one chamber that's all about working out your arm strength, and you have to carry these five-gallon buckets of water with knives taped to your or strapped to your biceps. So, <laughs> so my, my favorite is the wrist chamber. The, oh, with the the bell? No, the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the twelve-foot-long bamboo poles. That's right. With a weight on the end, and you have yeah. to use the weight to uh, hit the bell. By itself, this weight, this thing, hammer only weighs 15 pounds. Not a lot. <laughs> I know. But when we attach it to this pole, it's 10 times that. Right. Because, you know, he, he basically explains, yeah, um, uh, how levers work. Right. And, <laughs> all right, not only do you have to hold it, but you have to uh, keep time with me. Yeah. I, I like yeah. One of the, yeah, one of the, that it. is a particularly brutal it's scene. Fish block. Yep. That and it is a particularly brutal scene because they have they they show him start it right and he's like ah oh, my wrists my wrists and then they get to like the line of st- other students performing the same task and everybody's wrists are just like swollen and bruised <laughs> bruised yeah you know, from from trying to hold these weights up with just their wrists and Gordon Liu figures it out how to. How to do it, you know, change position and do it from different angles to strengthen his wrists better. Yes. Well, they let they let them start out with just part of the pole. You know, you choke up on the pole, so you have less. So it's you have less of a of a lever arm, mm-hmm. and it's less you know um, give on the pole. Yep. Because it's it's bamboo and it's 12 feet so there's a little bit of bounciness elasticity to that pole and you could just imagine it and how horrible it would be doing that (laughs) it is horrible um yep so you have that you had the leg training um the the train the head room uh where your job was to uh, run through the punching bags and slam your head into them and and then uh Put incense before the altar, punch the, drunk. <laughs> right, the sword room where you had, you you had um, no, it was the pole arm room. Yeah, the staff where you room. Had the, the cogs lined up. Yep, and there were spikes. You had to put your arm <laughs> and in you had between a, the spikes. Yes, you had, so you had two two blocks of wood with spikes coming down. That's what you stuck your arm through, and you used a uh, quarter staff to twirl around these these uh, gears. Right, and if you uh, if your motion was too large, you, you cut up your arms. 
Yep. And then there's the train your <laughs> eyesight room. Yeah. That seemed like it would be the easiest one because you just don't move your head. <laughs> well, we we saw what happened is that the dude yanked it real quick and, you know, your your natural reflex is to turn your head. And basically, it a lot of these rooms are tra- done for muscle conditioning, coordination, and to train out certain habits that that you have. Like the the light room. Right. Uh, where instead of turning your so, head to watch... By, by the way, just... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, just so people know that they had two uh, huge, like, cigar-sized bits of um, incense on either side of your head, so that if you moved your head, you would be burned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> For those of you who have not watched this film... Right. So, so yeah, they, they pain is weakness leaving the body, and there is a lot of pain in Shaolin. <laughs> Yes, there is, and that's about that's about a third of the film, right there. Is Gordon Liu's character going is is progressing right, going through the different chambers? Yeah. Uh, now, the the cool thing about all of that, and and this is what really makes the film quality, is that all of the trials that he goes through, and there's thirty five of them, and you see that you see just a fraction of that, mm. or it'd be a six hour movie. Um, maybe we'll get the. Uh, Maybe we'll get the director's cut, uh, the, um, the Snyder cut of it. <laughs> he actually uses all of those techniques later on in the film. So they, they maintain the Chekhov's gun with with the um, Kung Fu training montage. Yep. And because this is 1978, this is, this is one of the classics of the genre that spawns similar sequences in pretty much... 36 Chamber of Shaolin is every training sequence you've ever seen in a Van Damme movie. And and that that's exactly where that, it if comes. If you watch Van Damme movies. If you watch Van Damme movies, by and large, there is whether it's Bloodsport, uh Kickboxer or whatever, there's always the brutal training montage and that is directly a result of 36 Chamber of Shaolin. He's showing the brutal training to And and really after you watch that character go progress through all this, you know, you really are convinced that he's a badass when he comes out of this because just be just by virtue of surviving the training. <laughs> well, and also he 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 changes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, might, it might be like a, a cheesy kung fu film, but you know the 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 character changes. You know his demeanor. He is you know more stoic, more spiritual. Mm-hmm. what have you he becomes more devout um, um, so you you yeah so you you just get like this sense that that it worked mm-hmm. well you know the other thing is it's not just kung fu training is like every time he passes a level of kung fu he gets is granted a little more rank and uh duties as a priest as well mm-hmm. so he gets put in charge of right a sutra librarian, he has to, as part of that, in charge of this thing or put in charge of that. He, he ends up getting promoted uh, like eight times in two years or something like that, which was unheard of for, for a Shaolin well, monk. The, the, yeah, the thing, though, that gets me, you compared it to like Van Damme. Mm-hmm. Um, Van Damme starts his films out as a badass. Right. And becomes more badass. Right. Whereas this guy starts the film out as a punk 
you know, well, maybe not a punk, but because um, he's well-meaning. Right. Uh, but but as a nobody, as just an, another schmo. Right. Um, and because of the discipline he learns uh, through these trials and, you know, both physical and spiritual, he emerges as a badass. Uh, so it's more transformative. It's not there to just give give an excuse to show uh, Van Damme's arms and um, his ability to do, you know, make him right, right, make him better at uh, more equipped to kick the the final boss's ass. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, Gordon Liu's character would uh, go to d- watch Daniel San and go painting a fence. Hmm. Not enough knives. Yeah. Waxing a car. It's it's funny. Now, the Karate Kid is a, uh, actually a pretty good example of um, how to properly Americanize this sort of, of theme. Right. With with Because uh, it did knives. remind me of the Karate Kid. Yeah, it was very well, well, yes. Well, I mean, that Dan, Danny isn't going to wax on. Oops, you fucked up and now you've cut your jugular. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just huh, paint the fence. Oh, <laughs> if, if you do it wrong that night, <laughs> actually, that'd be kind of cool. They should have done that with the uh, with the remake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, Gordon Liu's character has ulterior. Uh, he is training, and even though he is training, he absor- adopts and absorbs the Shaolin lifestyle. In the back of his mind, his ultimate goal is to leave Shaolin Kung to the masses so they can revolt tyranny current government. And they do a good job of actually right. showing these guys as tyrant. Uh, it's not uh, like some... Uh, and he doesn't Western make any bones things. about that. Yeah. He tells he tells his master... Well, he actually up. doesn't make any bones about that. He straight up tells him um, that that's what he wants to do. Because he's given free reign to take over any... Of the chambers, except for the thirty-fifth, mm-hmm. um, when he completes his training, because he's like unheard of good. He's he's passed all of his, um, you know, his trials with flying colors better than anyone else. Um, he finally, you know, bests his one detractor um, of all the masters. Who really? Um, they say you could do anything you want, but your spirituality is a, right. Uh, but but you could do anything you want. Uh, except for the 35th chamber, because you're a little lacking in the spirituality department. <laughs> right. And which is fine. And he, he says, I want to create a 36th chamber, hence the title of the film. Right. Uh, where I teach pe- people Kung Fu, mm-hmm. non monks. Right, right. The 36th chamber, if the 35th is the highest form of the Shaolin spirituality, the 36th is taking everything about Shaolin in outside of the wall that the 30, you know, you right. enter Shaolin, you leave the world. The 36th chamber is returning. Um, now you, you talk about his detractor. His detractor was more of a friendly rivalry sort of thing that, you know, look, you guys, I know he's, he's done everything by the book, but you know, he really, need, really tested. So, you know, instead of promoting him to take over necessary, let him fight me. And when he does, he'll be ready for that final performance. And the boss, who has been like his the le- person least involved in his life at that point, uh, has but is his most stalwart defender. You know, we think he's a little too ambitious. Well, you know that's cool. 
We need some people like that with some ambition. And I think a lot of that hangs on the fact that, you know, these guys are entering Shaolin and yes, they're going through the 35, but they're not, they don't have that kind of drive. You know, it's like, uh, I'll just spend the rest of my life. Gordon Liu's character is just like, I need to get this done now. So that is the thing. And now I'm, I'm not Buddhist and I probably know a lot less about Buddhism than anybody. (laughs) But (laughs) I thought one of the tenants was uh to share uh your your enlightenment your knowledge with those around you i thought that was like uh the buddhist equivalent of a mitzvah um it is one of the bodhisattva grave precepts bodhisattva uh to not be stingy teach it right and with and it seems to me yeah shaolin at that point uh, was keeping it all to themselves. They were being st- with with the Dharma uh, and whose characters I want things out in because and he's Shaolin, referred to as a, as a bodhisattva. Uh, no, he's referred to as a Buddha. Straight you know, up, a Buddha. well, in in okay, so in the in the uh, the sub, he's referred to as a bodhisattva. Ah, yeah. In the in the dub, they call him just. Basically, you got you got some like doctrinal shit going on in there. The actual difference, <laughs> but for so, those of you who don't know, it depends on which movie you watch. <laughs> well, it depends on if you watch the dub or the sub. Right. the The difference is is that a Buddha is a fully enlightened being, and a Bodhisattva is a fully enlightened being that forsakes his own enlightenment to return to. Them. So, in in essence, Bodhisattva is probably a more accurate character since that's returning to the world forsaking that because we never see him actually return to the 35th chamber and seek that that uh understanding of doctrine which i might add the 35th right. chamber <laughs> is a basically sutra memorization where the master sits there they do chanting and then he starts reciting scripture and starts passing it around the room for the, the line and if you don't know the line you get kicked out Get to, get to the back of the the line. Yeah, it's like, the guy's like uh uh and out, <laughs> and he's like, guy gets up, master quietly exits the room, and he just goes on to the next guy. Pick it up, <laughs> do his line and your line, and and that's how it goes. He never returns to that that level. Um, now when he decides that he wants to create this thirty six chamber, the abbot being bound by tradition, you know, can't just say, Sure, yeah, well let's do something completely radical that we've never done before. Ever. And <laughs> he says you're forbidden from doing it. Right. And then <laughs> But and, But you know, if I'm I gonna kinda like out. Right. If if I'm gonna I can't stop you if you're not part of Shaolin anymore. So uh you're right. out. I'm I'm gonna banish you. You can re- you can return when you come back with what like uh, I forgot the number of disciples. <laughs> right. So he gets he gets kicked out. He's thrown out as so, a beggar. Yeah. You can't do it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Right. It's like you know, and nobody, nobody like stands. People are like uh, a thirty-six chamber teach kung fu to peasants. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's a terrible idea. You know, and the abbot who has been cool with this guy the whole time, him being ambitious, like, well, we need it done because that's that determination is what's going to keep this alive. Not these lazy assholes will spend 30 years learning the bell. 
kung fu for kung yeah kung fu for kung fu's sake but with no with no purpose right uh so he returns back to his home this is years later he's been there for five years it's like five years like five or six years later yeah and he returns where there's been an awful lot of tyranny uh he returns to his father's shop and it's closed and there's a beggar outside and he's like they're all dead um, if they're friends of yours or you want to say prayers for being buried in the cemetery and the new leader of the revolution is buried, it's called out by one of the captains, the local uh, magistrate. And, you know, the, our, our friend, the Shaolin, sitting there in the woods just watching until, you know, a big fight breaks out and the bad guy's got the upper hand and he jumps out and is like, wait, you need to stop this. And a big fight breaks out and then we see him utilizing all of his special skills. To basically hand these guys Both their ass. The wrist and the head. Yep, yeah, the wrist, the, wrist the, the legs, the hand. The sharp the head, eyes. The sword. The staff. He uses it all. Oh, oh, yes, and he uses his special his special um, nunchuck with a third stick. Yep, a three-section staff, uh, which he uses to defeat the master at Shaolin, gain the... Ability to choose a chamber. After being beaten several times with more traditional weapons, he's out practicing in the in the bamboo grove, and he gets this idea. He's inspired by nature. He's inspired by the way a stalk of bamboo breaks when he hits it, uh, and creates this three section staff. And he comes in and he's fighting the guy with it. And the other masters are like, "What is that weapon?" And he's like, "Oh, it's just some fighting sticks he made himself." He figured it out. So this guy not only masters all of Kung Fu in like five years, he creates his own weapon, masters that, and then he's sent out. And he he starts, he basically starts a revolution. Right. Uh, The rest of the film is basically wall-to-wall Kung Fu. Right. Right. This is where, you know, you would, in, in a more modern film, the training sequence would have been like maybe 10 minutes long. And the rest of the film would focus on uh, starting them. But that's kind of an afterthought because it's really about him going from zero, learning all of this back and fulfilling not only this promise, this destiny, but doing it in such a way where he adapts everything. Um, for example, yes, he refu- because he is a Shaolin monk, he has to actually kill through direct action. You kind of get around that a little bit. He kind of gets around with it, you know, because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm ducking. <laughs> through direct action. That's the, that's the clause right there. Right. Through direct action. <laughs> um, You know, like those guys in the. Who cares if there's a bamboo spike sticking up and you get impaled on it. <laughs> right. Well, it's the, the first deaths that are actually caused by his intervention are the knife throwers. And really. He didn't kill them. They killed each other when he ducked. No, he just he <laughs> just ducked out of the way. He just wasn't Classic. there. And so it was almost kind of like, well, you know, if they hadn't decided to be killers, so it almost kind of becomes like karmic. Yeah, it's 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 almost like some some old Batman stories mm-hmm. where he yeah he didn't quite he didn't pull the trigger, but uh, he didn't catch the guy falling into a vat of acid either. Right, <laughs> right. He didn't. I don't have to save you, but I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. That kind of mentality. Right. Uh, and you see a lot of that in these types of kung fu films, where you know, oh, I, you know, I don't kill, I don't kill, and situations. Force <laughs> Death seems to follow me. Right. Exactly. 
and uh, and I think it's meant to you know imply that these folks are you know because they are evil, their deaths are yes. karmic. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting because you had said that you know um, for a kung fu movie, or well, I'm paraphrasing, there's not as much kung fu right. going on um, in this film, and it is more about uh, the 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 training mm-hmm. and the philosophical aspects of the kung fu, right? Um, his, his, his as drive. opposed to the, the kicking, the ass kicking. Right, right. Uh, and in in fact, you could probably look at his final victory uh, against the tyranny as being more of a kind of application. He had, he was just in what he, so therefore he was not because. Uh, right. And and really, it was a it was a means to an end um, because he organized the people. To rise up against a tyranny, he was able to spoiler alert create the thirty six chamber. Yes, which was his goal. The the overthrowing the Tartars or the Manchus uh, was incidental, just a means to that end. And that wasn't the end in and of itself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we that that's the change in the character. Initially, it's I want to learn to fight so I can you know so people can protect themselves. In the end, is I just want to I want to. Sp- Bread Shaolin to the to the world, so people can do with it as they choose or as is necessary. Being so, able, you know, you I don't have that, to fight, but you know it's good to know, to know how. I so it's it's a cut above a lot of other um, of these um, f- formula kung fu movies where you have the oppressed um, guy learning kung fu to kick the ass of the Japanese or whatever. Right. Um, it. it does kind of remind me of that movie we watched in intent, not in quality, because this is actually a much better movie. Uh, the Bruce Lee one, uh, the one that Bruce Lee had written. Oh, uh, Circle of Iron or Silent Flute. The Circle one that of he Iron, originally yes. came up with a story for, and but died before right. he was able to film it. Right. Because uh, it, it almost seems like, like his intent in that movie would be something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where yes, there's fighting and everything, but really the message is, is more of a, a Buddhist message than just you know fighting, uplift, uplift, the, share, share the knowledge. Right. Um, but revenge is kind of part and parcel of all of the, these type of martial fantasy type films, and also of justice. And these types of films are the superhero Chinese, uh, whether they're novels, television, you know, that they share the same themes and really kind of focus on a lot of the same themes and characterizations as our Western, the, the comic book, more so than what you think of as martial arts film, blood sport or any Chuck like that, where a uh, action. I film. can't even, I, I can't watch this. <laughs> right. It's an action film where the hero really does not care about, Justice, raw, bloody revenge with no, no. High oh yeah, I mean it's it's all. I mean all those movies are the same. If you've seen Rambo, you've seen all of them. Right. If you've seen Rambo, you've seen Commando. In Commando, you've seen right. Universal, etc. etc. They et cetera. get interesting. They get interest. They get interesting when you add a uh, like a science fiction element into it, which is why I always liked Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. 
you know, because you, you get that total recall or uh, the sixth day where it's, yeah, it's a formulaic action movie, but at least there's some interesting twist in that, 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 you know, you could focus on. I understand. But uh, yeah, th- these types of films stay, try to stay more thematic, you know, like everyone is Superman. And in this movie, Gordon Liu's character is Superman, evidenced when he fights dozens of guys by himself so that so that the rebels can escape he just he holds off the entire army single-handedly it was, it well i've known call it the characters can have done that or pulp cthulhu characters have done that yes but it's it's that type of um this film also right. went to uh spawn a number of sequels uh we watched it on netflix return to the 36 and disciples of the 36 chamber are also there. Interestingly enough, the sequels are billed as interesting. Uh, which is are they funny? I don't, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen. I keep coming back to the original, <laughs> and I haven't gone and and pulled the trigger on watching the sequels. And I really should, because I mean this is classic Shaw Brothers fair. Um, yeah, one thing, no, this is a this is a good movie. Uh, one thing, if you're not uh, someone who goes back that far, with you're used to seeing more recent stuff like. Um, Donnie Yen film, The Raid Redemption, like that. The fight choreography for Shaw Brothers films is a lot different from modern martial law, even as far as like uh, legend later Jackie Chan, is that they, their kung fu is more stylized and follows like predictable beat patterns. You can, It's almost a dance. And that's one of the things that kind of makes these guys are, you know, it's like whoop, boom, 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 boom. And it's like a choreographed checks play where it's almost a story in itself in these duels. The duel that that's the price of admission right there is to, to see the final duel. He fights the big general one on one. And that's you know, that's that's always the where they do things. But you know, the the speed of it things like that. But I will say that these movies are pretty darn bloody. I mean, you know, these guys I are guess, getting yeah. like, slapped in the chest and bleh, blood just gushing out. Not to the, not to like the baby card film. Cartoonish blood. Though. Yeah, it's well, I think it's theatrical, uh, but it's not like over the top yeah, cartoonish I mean, blood like like Lone Wolf and Cub, where somebody gets their head sliced off and they bleed. No, I mean cartoonish as in it looks cartoonish. Yeah, well, it's like it, like yeah. the shade of red of the blood. <laughs> the shade of red of the blood looks like. Like strawberry jam. Yeah, it's it's very red. <laughs> um, <laughs> so at, it's it's on my list of one of the greatest uh, martial arts. I mean, might even the greatest films. Uh, what about what about you? What did you end up thinking? Had you seen it before? Oh, I I had not seen it before. Uh, I mean, I hadn't seen it before and remembered seeing it. I used to watch a lot of old kung fu films when they came on like Sundays, mm-hmm. Sunday like late late morning. Yeah. But I never knew what they were. We just watched them. And then wrestling came on and I turned off the Right. <laughs> yeah, this is uh I can't even tell you how many uh yeah, it's and it, it just holds up. There are a number of those Shaw brothers. They don't hold but this one uh I think this is Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say this one is billed as um one of their better films. So uh according to Wikipedia it is Considered to be one of the greatest kung fu films and a turning point in its directors and stars' careers. Yep. So there Unfortunately, you go. the last thing I remember seeing Gordon Lee was Kill Bill. 
Uh, the only thing I remember about Kill Bill was um, what's her name? Uma Thurman wearing the yellow Don't jumpsuit. So there you I have remember. it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The 36th Chamber of Shaolin starring Gordon Liu from back in 1978. Uh, if you are a fan of more modern martial arts films and haven't gone back to see the classics, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, if you have seen it, see it again. It's it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. And apparently, The Dove and the Sub are two different films. So. That's right. Watch, watch both versions. See which one you like better. So, there you are. Until next time. You know, uh, keep 36 level. Ah!